Welcome to Intro to X. This podcast is out there, out there in the night under a full moon. <laughs> That's my very rubbish werewolf. That's adorable. It's like a werewolf puppy. Aww. It's so cute. Aww, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like a werewolf then. He wants to come in. Oh, <laughs> Aww. Uh, so, this is a bonus episode, as you might have guessed, obviously also because you can see the episode title. Because uh, so, now it's it's Halloween, the spookiest time of year. Um, so we thought we would talk about a, a special little film that uh, I don't believe, Tammy, you'd ever seen before. No, no, of course not. And Brad had seen when he was just a wee nipper waiting for Iron Man in his garage in Tennessee. <laughs> Uh, which is 1985's classic Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet. Starring Corey Haim, Everett McGill, Gary Busey, Terry O'Quinn, and Megan Follows. I know who... Star- starring Gary Busey. Yeah, starring Gary Busey. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, it, yeah, and other people might appear on screen, but this is right. Gary Busey's film. This is the whole reason this was on our list of films to watch, because this film belongs to Gary Busey. Gary Busey is amazing in this oh, film. so great. The film, you're waiting for Gary Busey to appear, then he appears, then he goes away, and then you're just waiting for him to appear yes. again. Like, were- <laughs> I don't need a werewolf. You can just, like, drop the werewolf. I don't even care. <laughs> Gary Busey making wheelchairs. <laughs> a little stuffed animal they're calling a werewolf in this <laughs> teddy bear that they say is a werewolf <laughs> that kind of scratches the outside of people's skin and that they die I don't know. It, it looks better than the the werewolf in the um, Halloween Horror Nights uh, American Werewolf in London <laughs> Uh, I've seen that in the videos and yeah it does <laughs> that's some straight up garbage I also like that there was the bit in the American Wealth in London Haunted House I believe Brad mm-hmm. where it's like the transformation scene yeah. but you just kind of like wander through the lounge and it's just the little yeah. mannequin on the floor kind of going oh no I and it's love, just really lame it's great. I love the fact that two of the scares are a policeman coming out and, whistle, and whistling a whistle at you and another one where, <laughs> where a policeman comes out and shoots at you <laughs> Because I, I am a big were- like werewolf movie fan. I love werewolf movies more than vampire films. And my favourite is American Werewolf in London. Yeah. I love it. So I would like to go in that one, but it is kind of funny. <laughs> that's, that's, a haunted, that's a haunted thing. And you end up like wandering through Piccadilly Circus. And oh, it's just dumb. But we're not here to talk about that one because that's actually a great film. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we know we're in for a treat when uh, it starts and we have the full moon and the credits and we see that the teleplay was written by Stephen King. Yes. <laughs> Based on a novelette. Yeah. <laughs> a novelette by Stephen King and directed by some bloke who I didn't write down. Based on I, a novelette, Cycle of the Werewolf. Yeah. Silver Book's such a better title. Like Stephen Oh, definitely. King. And also, apparently in the novelette, this is one of the only things I know, uh, little old uh, little Corey Hayne doesn't have a motorised wheelchair. I was like, what was the point? Uh, He doesn't have a silver bullet. (laughs) I know. I guess not. But I was like, so I love that Stephen King wrote that for the, the, you know, the film. He's like, what is this? What is this film missing from my novelette? I know a a wheelchair that's also a motorbike. (laughs) Wow. I mean. Amazing. Yeah. The um, director is uh, Daniel Atias. Atias. He uh, directs all kinds of TV shows. He's directed Lost Heroes, um, Big Love, House, he, one episode of Walking Dead, 
uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like, list goes on and on. He's up, uh, done two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Anything of the Has Pretender? The I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't see the wow. X-Files or the Pretender. Wow. He did it's Alias and Six Feet Under. Mm-hmm. No, uh, The Wire. Uh, like, he, he really has oh. done, like, yeah. he's directed a bunch of stuff. He's done really everything. Has. Yeah, and it seemed like Silver he's... Bullet was the first thing he directed. Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., he did an episode of that. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, w- I would say, like, I don't think this film is badly directed let's say no it's really poorly edited like i don't know what you guys think but as we go into it like whenever i watch this film i i never have any idea what time of year we're at because scenes just jump from scene to scene and then you're like oh i i guess that it's a month later and it's another full moon i guess i don't know so it's very weird the yeah i i thought about that but then like at some a certain point they do talk about him potentially being a wolf all year long yeah. and that it doesn't happen just when it's the full moon right. so he's just more wolfy uh in yeah full moon. exactly He's just, exactly, he's just more wolfy during the film. <laughs> like, he's, uh... I, I, I want to see, like... He's I, got extra scruff he's got to shave off every morning. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see, like, like when it's furthest from the full moon, Um, he's just, like, he's just... just, just Yeah, he's just a little hairy. Like, yeah, like a little five o'clock shadow yeah. all day long. He's like the Lon Chaney Jr. wolf man. <laughs> just kind of a guy with hair on his face. He does have kind of wolfy stubble towards the end. Yeah. He's becoming, you know, evil, which is kind of funny. Anyway... So we start off in spring 1976 um, in the town of Tucker's Mills, which is in Maine, by the way. This is set in Maine, like most of course. course. You wouldn't realize it's in Maine because, like, everyone's like, well, the people who are doing accents are like super southern. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm from Maine. I'm gonna go and cook some fried chicken. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh well, well, southern Maine. Southern Maine. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. The south, the south, but just the south of Maine. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the, it's the last full moon of the spring. Uh, Arnie Westrong is uh, like clearing the rail, the tracks of the railroad, and he really, really loves his Rheingold oh. beer because he's yeah. singing about this guy looks singing like Rheingold. He looks like Shimp from the Three Stooges. <laughs> <laughs> like that is an unfortunate face. I like that we find out that he's the town drunk because yes. Stephen King has written it so badly, you know, that we'd never guess because no. every single line he has is him going, and I want some Rheingold. I love Rheingold. It's not sweet. It's not bitter. It's just Rheingold. And then like a minute later, he's like, mm, I could really use some Rheingold. Mm, are, you, are you an alcoholic by any chance? Sir? Mm. <laughs> it's, oh, it's so dumb. I love uh, we, it. We're also opening and closing this with some voiceovers from the future. Oh, yeah because this is set in 1976 and uh, it's all from like the sister's point of view yeah so weird it's so weird and we'll get to it later because skipping ahead as you know I like to do I like do we think that she's talking about to Marty after Marty has died well that's what what I'm wondering because again it's been a while since I'd watched this I couldn't remember I was like I was thinking, like, does something happen to Marty? Does he die? Is he, like, turn into a yeah. werewolf? Because I thought that would be good if, like, he became yeah. the wolf. And, like, so at the end of the movie, she's got him, like, chained up in, like, a basement. And uh, she's just telling the story to, like, her kids, like, hey, why we can't go down to the basement <laughs> during the full moon? <laughs> that's why you can't go see Uncle Marty in the basement. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it, that's kind of what it's like, because it's this very kind of sad narration kind of like stand by me like you know that someone's died and it's reflecting i don't know it's very weird um 
But anyway, old Arnie, Arnie Westrong is singing about his Rheingold beer. And uh, then he clears the tracks. He just throws the spade onto the ground. And then, uh, surprise, a werewolf runs out of the woods and swipes his head off in one go. <laughs> it's delightful. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> what did you think, Tammy? I know you're a big horror uh, fan. That was hilarious when his head goes flying. <laughs> it was amazing. It like flies across the screen and then just lands on the ground. <laughs> yeah. It's great. They think it's because he passed out on the tracks and got hit by a train, which apparently like made his head fly away from his body. <laughs> well, I just thought like, wow, so that cool. wolf really like whacked his head right off. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh. it's gross though when we see the head and it's got all the little ants on it. It's like, Ugh, don't like that. <laughs> uh, and then we cut from uh, we cut to a kid uh, squashing a bug on his bike, and he's like, yeah, and it's like you're the worst kid ever. <laughs> Is that what was happening? I didn't. I. I just. I didn't catch that. I was just like, oh, why is this kid so excited? Like, well, it's because we see the train like coming towards the camera as though it's going to squash the head of like Arnie. Yeah. But instead, uh. as it gets the camera, we see a bug get squashed, and it's this kid on his bike, and then he's like, yeah, and it's like, all right, uh. calm down, kid. Like, I thought this. I thought he was anyway. just super excited about this uh, uh, town shindig. All these like old ladies with their cakes and bullshit. <laughs> I wrote in my notes. Brad has a panic attack because there are tables and tables and tables of food out in the open. Or yeah. I was like, Brad's going to oh, love yeah. it. Great job, everybody. Let's bring our, our d- different disease vector foods of uh, various <laughs> temperatures. Let's put them all together uh, and take them outside. Cool. Even better idea. In sunny southern Maine. Oh, so gross. <laughs> And, um, yeah, there's some kind of shindig going on. I didn't actually write down what it was. I think it's like uh, they're doing some kind of fundraiser for the church um, because later on Janie's collecting bottles as well for it. Yeah, yeah they're um, all collecting bottles for the church. Um, I love yeah, the fact that, like, bands. the band's, like, playing their song and then, like, Sheriff Terry O'Quinroser is like, all right, guys, we're going to get started. That's <laughs> Hey, let them finish their song. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> they're standing there in those asshole uh, marching band uniforms. Like, you can't just let them finish their song. <laughs> I can't remember what they were playing. Were they playing like, um, they're playing like, it was one of the, the ones that one of the songs from Assassins is based on, you know, like, was it Dixieland one? Was it that? Maybe, I don't know. It was something like that. I don't know. It was weird. Standard Um, fair uh, marching band. uh. Yeah. We get the national um, anthem later on as well, you know. So we find out our narrator, uh, Janie is 14 at this time and her brother Marty was 11. And as we said, this town is uh, the sheriff. The law is Terry O'Quinn, including his tash. Yeah. Did you do a little cheer, Tammy? I did. Um, can we discuss, though, when Janie has to go find her brother and that ugly, ugly, I didn't even know if it was a girl <laughs> or a boy Aww. that said, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, you mean is... where I, I put in my notes, she, because uh, <laughs> the parents asked Yeah, me, go find make your sure brother! The okay, and then I put, <laughs> she, gets, she gets taunted by a mullet child of a of an indeterminate yeah. gender. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That we... child has the biggest mullet ever. And I was like, is it a boy or is it a girl? Like, I, I don't know. It's like, just he could, a mullet. He could be a member of Night Ranger. <laughs> yeah, it's... Like, that's how bad he looks. Oh. Um, I want to talk about... Um, I think I've sold what this yeah. is all about. Um, because I'm looking here and we oh, there's like a placard of like an ambulance with some palm oh, trees yeah, behind yeah. it. So I think maybe they're trying to um, raise money to buy uh, an ambulance from California. <laughs> <laughs> 
That makes sense. So uh, then they're oh. gonna drive it all the way to Maine. Yeah. Um. By the way, besides Tyrion Quinn, uh, who who else is uh, up here? Uh, Ed with Hurley. Some chops. Uh. Yeah. We have Reverend Ed Hurley from yeah. Dundee, which is great. Oh, and also, I'm <laughs> um, sporting some mutton chops. It's uh, it's Bletch. Oh no way! Yeah. Is it thick? Oh, I didn't even notice that. It took that. me forever oh, to figure out who the hell it was. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, Bletch. Oh, that's awesome. Well, there you go, tied in with uh, Millennium as well. Uh, again, you know, Bletch and uh, Peter Watts. So Marty, played by Corey Haim, rest in peace, uh, is playing with his <laughs> friend Brady. Um, his friend Brady, by the way, is the worst. Yeah. And they're playing with, like, they found a, a snake and uh, Brady's just, like, holding it and, like, flapping it around and stuff. And I was like, that is a living creature, like, Brady. Like, you know. Yeah, I, I know I mean, you're, you're not as bad as like freaking Lance Henriksen like biting the head off the snake in no. uh you know and, th- and you know or not Lance Henriksen no Jean-Claude Van Damme yeah punching but, it uh, in he's the still face like, <laughs> yeah punching the snake but it's still you know that's an animal you know treat it nicely yeah. um, but they decide that they're gonna hold the snake from the tree and scare Janie when she comes and she falls in a puddle yeah um I first of all Corey Haim such a tiny little guy <laughs> I know he's teen tweets and also um I didn't mind the werewolf so much because he seemed to kill off all the worst people yeah. in this movie. Yeah, Seriously. you really did. Yeah, I was like, okay, these people are terrible. So yeah. he's killing them off. He's cleansing the town. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Brady was terrible. I yeah. hated him. He's he's yeah. Just Brady's garbage. a poor, He's a little bastard. Yeah. So they even they even scared Jane twice. So the first time she kind of falls in the leaves, and then the second time she falls in the puddle. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and we get the first uh, glimpse of Marty's wheelchair, Mark One. Yeah. Which I wrote in my notes. Professor X wishes he had this. Nice. Because this is, I mean, this is nothing compared to the Silver Bullet Mark II, but this already is a motorbike as a wheelchair. Like, it's the loudest machine in the world. Oh, it's it's so crazy. This is insane. And Brady throws the snake at Janie, and uh, she falls into the puddle and then tells Marty that she hates him. I hate you, you booger. Yeah, stop saying booger. Like, what the hell? I know. I was like, Mm-mm. gross. Yeah, yeah. She really hates her brother, though. She really. Hates I, like it's understandable because like her mom's I, yeah, the worst. The parents treat. Yeah, the, like, the, oh. I think it's the parents. Oh yeah, fault. yeah. Because yeah, I'm like, definitely. Marty's not terrible. His friend Brady is. Terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. And the parents yeah. are terrible. Yeah, but like the like the mother like uses like oh yeah that to like ruin her life like constantly clearly. <laughs> um, but this is when she wanders over to the woods and gets to hear some real drums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us about this random scene, which I'm sure you guys were like, okay, that, like, what is that to do with? Like, because it has nothing line. to do with anything. <laughs> well, I mean, it does later, because mm. this chick yeah, wants yeah. to commit suicide. It's your oven, but it ain't my bun. What? <laughs> Who says that? Nobody. Oh, so good. This dude, this dude. So this oh. is, I think her name's Stella. Is it later? Stella? I can't remember. Um, But yeah, she's pregnant. She's telling the dad and he's just like, nope, 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 not my bun. Goodbye. <laughs> and then he, I think he says something like, remember the good times as he walks around. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, that's and awful. Janie's kind of listening uh, and in the, and crying in the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the family drive home. Uh, they're called the Kalsor family, I think, but I always think of them as Kalsor, but anyway. They drive home, and I've written that they throw the word cripple around a lot, this family. 
1976, just... it was a different time. <laughs> That's true. But also, they, the mum is terrible because she talks about Marty, Corey Haim, as though he's not there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he is there, you know, he's sitting right there. And I love that we see um, that they have his wheelchair on a trailer behind <laughs> yes. the car because it's the biggest freaking wheelchair ever. <laughs> I'm surprised they don't just make him drive at home. (laughs) Yeah. Even worse. I mean, it basically is a motorbike. It takes gas. Mm -hmm. We see that later, you know? Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. I think even worse than the mom is the father that's just like a ghost shadow throughout this movie. (laughs) Barely in it at all. She's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't, hey, don't disagree with your mother. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And they they make Janie do everything. You have to help your brother. You have to do this. Why can't she carry some of the, um, yeah. picnic baskets in instead Seriously. of carrying her brother. <laughs> like, they're having a fight. Like, listen, Pops, uh, you put the kid in the wheelchair. Yeah. Let Janie carry in, like, the picnic bullshit from this garbage yeah. potluck. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. <laughs> so, uh, they talk about Marty and Janie as she helps him. They talk about Uncle Red coming to visit and uh, my ears prick up because I'm like, yeah, Uncle Red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, Janie says that he uh, Uncle Red just got another divorce it's his third divorce and that he is a chronic drunk and yep. uh, Marty says meh no meh and then he struggles up the ramp on his <laughs> and I kind of felt like going well you know if you didn't have a motorbike as a wheelchair and you're actually <laughs> using your arms maybe yeah. you'd have stronger arms and you'd be able to get up that ramp I wonder Marty. how many times like Corey Haim fell on <laughs> just fell over <laughs> trying to get up he that ramp he kept looking like he was going to fall yeah. backwards yeah. out of yeah. the wheelchair it was like oh <laughs> Wheelchairs don't work on ramps unless you've got power. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, dear. So Marty apologizes to Janie um, and gives her some money. And this was quite sweet where he's like, oh, buy some more pantyhose. I feel a bit weird about him saying pantyhose to his sister. but uh, (laughs) That that is what they're called. Oh, don't say that word. Don't say it. Yeah, but later on, later on, he's talking about her tits. So that is weird. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, mm -mm. Um, they talk a bit about Uncle Red, and I've put here, you know, here's a a big thing. Looking back on this film, um, Tammy and Brad, uh, Uncle Red versus Uncle Boudreaux. Go. Oh, Oh. come on. Yikes. How do do I pick between the two? (laughs) I love them both so much. I know. Yeah. I mean, one (laughs) makes explosives, one makes silver bullet bullet, uh, wheelchair (laughs) motorcycles. I mean, they're both craftsmen. And they both care for their uh, nephews. They're both alcoholic craftsmen that care for their (laughs) nephews. Uh, One likes the wild turkey, one likes the, uh, oh, my moonshine. Oh. <laughs> and they both face death for their families. Yeah. I mean, sure. I now, is, there a, is there a film with Gary Busey and Wilford Brimley? Oh, because oh. that sounds like the best film. I don't know if I could cope. Watching like if they that. could be like buddy cops. Oh, would be full of so much joy. Oh, God, because also he is playing. He's still doing that accent. God damn it! God damn it! Gary Busey. <laughs> You are so reckless. Why can't you play by the rules? Hey, I'm drink listen. some of my moonshine. Hey, I can't help it. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a rookie cop playing by my own rules. <laughs> Uh, I have to say, I think I've told you guys before, when I was in LA and I saw Point Break, the live show, the guy playing Gary Busey was more Gary Busey than Gary Busey is. It was a delight. Nice. Wow. He was like he, he was like Gary Busey's missing Gary Busey. <laughs> it was delightful. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, 
So in the next scene, it's a full moon and there's a storm going on and we see this rando old woman playing piano while the pregnant girl who we saw earlier is upstairs preparing to overdose. And next to her is a giant picture of a smiling guy, which I'm assuming is the father of the baby. I don't know. Um, guys, sorry. Uh, or her dad. Just, to, just to break in for a second. Um, the film we're all looking for yeah. is <gasps> The Firm. Yeah. Oh, they are both the in it. Yeah. So, uh... Do you know what? I have a feeling that in that film, it might even be Wilford Brimley that kills Gary Busey. Oh! oh. I, I, I mean to watch The Firm again. It's either, it's either Wilford Brimley or it's it's Tobin Bell, a.k.a. Jigsaw, that kills mm. Gary Busey, I think. <laughs> because I remember that they're working together, Wilford Brimley and the Jigsaw girl. <laughs> wow. We need to watch that. That's put that on the list. Bonus app! Um, <laughs> For lawyer month. <laughs> <laughs> When we uh, cover, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, oh, what is it called? Uh, you know, you know, uh, playing by their own rules uh, show. You know that one. Oh, that one. What's it called? <laughs> Not Paul Gosselaar, Breaking Meyer. Oh, uh, Franklin Bash. Franklin Bash. <laughs> oh yeah, because guys. Um, but spoiler alert: when we finish X Files, we're gonna we're gonna cover uh, all three seasons of Franklin and Bash. <laughs> Why not Rizzoli and Isles? <laughs> That's true, Claire. Why are you so sexist? Uh, are they lawyers? I don't know. No, I think they're I think they're no. buddy cops. Yeah, they're buddy cops. Oh, they're buddy. Co- well, there you go then. They're buddy cops. So then we get the the amazing visual of a werewolf climbing a trellis, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> This werewolf does a lot of non-werewolfy things. Anytime the werewolf does non-werewolf stuff, this is a delight. Um, Skipping ahead, uh, baseball bat later. Oh my god, it's amazing. I love it so much. Um, And the werewolf leaps through the window and kills the woman. What? His little furry paw climbing up the trellis. Just one hand in front of the other. Here we go. Also, the the werewolf is voiced by Sweetums. Aww. Oh, well, gotta be careful here. Oh, oh, oh. Werewolf kills a pregnant woman, and the granny who is playing the piano runs upstairs with a gun and then screams. I just lo- I love he, he, he just scratches her to death. Like, yeah. he just scratches, like, on her, like, just a little bit, even. It doesn't even look like he's scratching deep. She's gotta teach her a lesson. Gotta, te- gotta <laughs> teach so these, these suicidal sluts a lesson. <laughs> this is this, well, and what we find out this whole movie is is about right wing Christian values. Yes. Like, oh, absolutely! It's kind of crazy. It's a good, it's a good moral movie, Brad. Just oh. remember that. Um, then in the next scene, uh, we have uh, Terry O'Quinn, Sheriff Terry O'Quinn, in the office on the phone. I love it when he hangs. <laughs> he's like, "Hey, fuck off!" <laughs> and then, but he's such like a, a a lame, you know, sad sack sheriff in this film that he didn't even say that to the person who was on the other no. end. He like, you know, they hung up and then he told them to fuck off. And he's he's just so useless in this film. Yeah, he's he really sad sack is sheriff, a Terry O'Quinn. terrible sheriff. Defo. He's awful. Um, um, and we find out more about that in the next scene when there's guys in Owen's bar saying about how crap he is. Um, the main guy is Andy, and he tries to fight, start a fight with the deputy. And that's Bletch. Oh, Andy is yeah. Bletch? Yeah. Look under those mutton chops. He's under there. I didn't even realize. Oh. I know. It's I crazy, right? just the back of his head. Turn around! Turn around! <laughs> <laughs> 
I like the guy in this this scene that's at the bar, and he I called him um, Gossipy McTashio because oh, he's a and he's such a little oh gossip. My God, he's like, blood. well, he's like, well, Andy, I hear that you're in arrears on your taxes. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, calm it down, Gossipy McTashio. Hell no, hell, Hell, I saw that uh, your tax was in arrears. In, uh, so the so wait, does this city just publish who paid their taxes and who didn't? I feel that's kind of inappropriate. Well, I was I was reading through the tax reports. Is there nothing else to do in this town? Nope. I mean, I feel like Gary Busey's got the right idea. Let's just drink and make super-powered motorcycle wheelchairs. I am 100% on Gary Busey's side in this film. Oh, Everything he says is it, right. It certainly yeah. beats reading the city tax review. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a real page turner. Oh, I love it. That's very interesting, Andy. Mm. Uh, and this is when we get the first glimpse of the Peacemaker baseball bat. Yep. Yes. To be seen and wielded later by a werewolf. <laughs> 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 Oh, love it so much. I love this film. Uh, So in the next scene, Marty arrives at school and we get a name drop of the title. Thanks for that, because we find out his wheelchair is called Silver Bullet. Nice. And if we didn't know, when he does his little spin around, we see it also written on the back of his little wheelchair. It's amazing. And uh, he just, you know, is interested in one of the other girls in town uh, who's called Tammy. Yeah. (laughs) Who has the worst How was your honor. date with uh, How was your date with Marty, Tammy? With little with Corey, Corey name. <laughs> I would have been down when I was that age. Aww. Uh, she's also the most hello. southern character. Yeah. She is. Character. And also she looks like she should be in the 50s with that hairstyle. Yeah. yeah. She's extremely southern. And she... Um, we get a, a bit of information here about the wheelchair. We find out that Uncle Red built this wheelchair and is building him a new one. Yep. Okay. You know, is this is this potentially how Corey Haim got paralyzed in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> he built him a stroller when he was a baby. <laughs> Made out of motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, they pass by the house where there's the investigation happening into the death of the pregnant lady, and they talk about murder. And um, Marty really pisses off Tammy because Tammy hates it when people tell her that they know how she feels. <laughs> I wrote it's in my notes because I know you've mentioned that on intro to before, Tammy. You hate people saying, I know how you feel. How did uh, you feel when little Corey Hayne told Tammy? It's like, you don't. I mean, I can't tell you what it's like to be uh, someone who's paraplegic. I don't even know what he is. He can't, he can't move his legs, but he can climb trees. So I'm not sure what he is. But... He, so, he, he can't. He can't. Except when he can move his legs, which he does later. Yeah. He can't. He can't move his arms to get him his wheelchair up a ramp, but he can climb a tree. <laughs> There's a lot of questions going on surrounding uh, mm. what's really going on here. Sketch. Um, Tammy says that she keeps hearing mysterious noises in the greenhouse. Ooh. So Marty acts brave, and then she kisses him. Aww. And then her dad does a little rant about damn cripples. <laughs> <laughs> This it's like dialogue it's, is insane. It's, tr- it's pulled straight from the. Uh, is this Republican Stephen King at his most insane? It yeah. really is. His yeah. exact line is damn cripples always end up on welfare. Electrocute them all. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy wants to like send every person with a disability to the electric chair. Wow. Not to mention how much that would cost. That would be very. 
I think they literally did this line because they're like, oh, well, we don't have enough time before this guy gets killed, you know, spoilers, yeah. uh, to uh, um, establish that he's an arsehole. So here you go, one line. This guy's bad. Uh, uh, he's a bad guy. Uh, yeah, he's a, bad, he's, a, he's a big old no-no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he also, so he also looks like uh, Mohammed. He also looks like a Mohammed Sheriff or like one of those like terrorist guys <laughs> that they pulled out of like nowhere. Oh, he does a bit. He's terrible. He has one of my favorite lines later, though, which I, I love. Uh, we'll get to later. Uh, so Marty goes home and has to stop on the way at the gas station to fill up the gas. And this guy is also in the stand. I remember him being in that. And gives him kind of a really creepy, weird smile at the end of the scene. Yeah. And I was like, he's a hmm. creepy guy. I don't like it. Yeah. It just kind of like holds on his creepy smile. Hey, you want, like... me to, you want me to check your oil too? Maybe oh. I'll wash your windshield wipers. Uh-huh. And, then they, and then they just smile at each other and it's like, uh, okay, mm-hmm. next next shot, please. You uh, want to I... wanna, wanna come into the gas station? Maybe I'll get you a tootie roll pop. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Maybe a stick of gum. Maybe they held on this shot for a bit longer because they were just pleasure delaying. Because immediately in the next scene is the introduction of Uncle Red. (laughs) Yay. And as soon as he appears, he is a delight. Oh, so great. He's He's sitting, drinking his wild turkey, telling jokes about jackasses, which I was like, particularly when he does like the hee-hawing, I was like, oh, Gary Busey, your teeth really make (laughs) jackasses. Sorry, Gary Busey. Setting. <laughs> also, what is he, he wearing? I have no idea. I don't know. It's such a weird rig out. He's got this like, like yeah, later on, it's like yeah. a three-quarter length sleeve shirt, <laughs> yeah. but no, no collar, not even like it, it the collar piece was cut off. It's like and it's lilac. Yeah, and then He's- a sh- button-down shirt over it that has no sleeves. That have been, yeah, the sleeves have been cut off of yeah. this, like, thin, like, little, I, like, shirt. Oh, it's... I don't know what he's wearing. It is. I don't know what's upsetting. going on. Setting. Yeah. Oh, just staring at this outfit. It's, uh, yeah, it's, this is, this, this film is all about the fashion. Mm. Yeah. Best dress, worst dress, Brad? <laughs> I, I mean, at the moment, uh, Gary Busey's a strong contender. <laughs> uh, we'll get to someone else later as well. Uh, then uh, Gary Busey sings a little song, which is "Piss on the Yankees, Piss on the Indians." <laughs> I'm like Gary Busey, you steal this film, and you've yes. stolen my heart in this film. You're amazing. <laughs> You're a delight. Um, and, I, and at first, so... um, I for some reason I thought that it, 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 he was like the brothers. Um, he was the the father's yeah. brother. Yeah. Um, and it was just gonna be like the 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 mother was like, oh, I can't stand your brother. But no, we find nope. it is it is her brother, which I think is good. So yeah, we actually mm-hmm. have something going on there. Well, because they keep doing these like comparisons between like the mum and him and yeah. Marty and Janie. So yeah, and uh, they kind of get a bit snipey at each other when the mum takes Marty to bed, puts him in the little stairlift. <laughs> I was like, um, uh, Marty could do that himself. And let's talk about Marty with his little hand oh. under his chin all the way up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Giving loving, loving eyes at so Gary Busey. Love it. Uh, he also got himself so into that chairlift by one leg he lifted. He remembered that mm. the second leg he was supposed to lift because he's not yeah. supposed to use yeah. like. But the first leg he just threw over there. He, he moves his legs like a few times in this film. Oh, and it's, yeah. like, it's when he remembers. It's uh, like, okay. Um... 
And then the mum tells Rhett that Marty is a very impressionable little boy. And uh, Rhett, uh, Red replies and says, there's more to Marty than his wheelchair. And I was like, yes, I'm totally yes. on Uncle Red's yeah. side. Absolutely. This mum is the worst. She's terrible. And they have a little argue. <laughs> so what were your first impressions of Uncle Red, uh, Tammy? Um, well, first I said, yikes, Gary Busey pre-accident is still a scary Gary Busey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there's yeah. no difference. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, I like that he stood up for Marty. Yeah, and I, I do like, though, that she gets in at the end of this little fight, and she's like, I don't need somebody showing him how to give up like you Because, <laughs> I mean, she's yeah. got a point. Wait, he whoa. is, like, a failure of a human. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you really probably don't want to show him just no. somebody uh, descending into alcoholism and failure. Yep. And sitting there drinking wild turkey out of the bottle <laughs> in front of an 11-year-old. Yeah. It's like, okay. Uh, so would you watch a film that was called Uncle Red Werewolf Hunter. Yeah. Fuck yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the next scene, there is a wrestling match on TV and Tammy's dad is watching it and uh, getting them to kick some ass. And this has one of my favourite lines in the film, which is, oh, that's it. Oh, that hurts my parts. <laughs> that was very upsetting. <laughs> well, because like, also, like, his, he sits so down. Bad. I thought he sat on something because he's like, oh, oh. oh. Oh, kick his ass! Oh. <laughs> like, oh, 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 so you're just talking to the television? Okay, cool. Also, if I just, they, oh, go on, go on. No, I was just gonna say, 70s wrestling, yikes. Yikes. <laughs> like, yep. I, I mean, wrestling in general, <laughs> but yikes. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this wrestling is, no. <laughs> Uh, Wait, even though this guy is obviously a horrible human being, he apparently is very protective of his pots because he hears noise in the greenhouse and he's like, bust up my pots, I'm going to bust up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh mm. uh, so then he goes out to the greenhouse and we get a little werewolf eyeball in the plants peeking out at him. <laughs> Hello there, <laughs> little werewolf eyeball. Oh, excuse uh, me, I'm just, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just looking around. <laughs> <laughs> um, he go does get now. scared uh, by the biggest spider, which I was like, is this, an ar- is this arachnophobia? Like, what is going on? <laughs> it is a massive spider is- that is in his face. Mm-hmm. And it appears out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hello. Ooh, it's like, oh my god. Okay. Is it anything oh. more upsetting than spider's <laughs> eyes? <laughs> <laughs> Then I don't know what happens because we seem to get an earthquake. Yeah. Like the whole place is shaking, but it's just because the werewolves underneath are apparently holding the floorboards and shaking them, (laughs) which is such an amazing image. All right. All right. I'm going to get him out of here. (laughs) Got to flush him out. I don't want to get, I don't want to get that spider on me. Gross. (laughs) So the wolf pulls him underneath the floor and also impales him. Overkill much, but okay. That was hilarious. It's like, I'm not just going to pull, not just death by werewolf, like, impales him on a massive, like, plank of wood through his chest. Yes. It's like, oh, okay, fair enough. And then we get a little montage. We see that there's a curfew at 5pm has been announced. The mayor confronts the sheriff and is like, hey, sad sack, Pete Roquin. Pete Roquin, Terry Roquin, why haven't you done anything? Whatever. Uh, guns are going on sale in Bletch's shop. Um, the curfew's being enforced. And in the next scene, Marty is climbing a tree. How? Hmm. How? I don't know. And then when we see the tree, 
It's not like the trellis he climbs later. No. Like, you would need to be able to use your legs. You would have to yeah. be able to yeah. use your legs. Because it's not even like he could reach the no. limb. Like, I don't... Like, how? Yeah. How did he... doesn't make any sense. No, it maybe when they were putting the kites in the sky, he held onto it and flew up oh. into the tree. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's the boo with the balloon. He's the boy that could fly. Yes. <laughs> He's Eric. Oh my god. He does have his hair. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so him and uh, so Marty and Brady are flying kites. Janie again is sent to go and get him because she has to do everything for him. Ugh. And uh, we realise it's a month later. I know because they're the worst. They're the worst parents. Um, they're terrible, terrible parents. And I love that when Brady decides to stay because he's like, no, I'm gonna fly my kite a bit more because it's so much fun. We get the dramatic Marty close up. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's like yeah. oh. did he know something was gonna happen? See, this is why I feel like he should be narrating, and then we get a. And that was the last time I ever saw my friend. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. It's definitely his his film because like there are so many scenes where she's not there yeah. and he is. Like, like the scene like later with the fireworks and stuff, you know. Marty coming out of the tree. First of all, he's just swinging his legs back and forth. And then she <laughs> and then uh, his sister grabs him by his legs to bring him down into yeah. the wheelchair. <laughs> she doesn't guide him down, she grabs his legs. <laughs> And he falls into the chair, and it's like, well, if he didn't have spinal damage before, he probably does now. (laughs) Um, So back at the bar, Andy Bletch is complaining again. Um, uh, Deputy Pete gets mad, mad at him back, and then we get the character I have in my notes as dramatic dad. He is my favorite character in this movie. He's so great. I love him so much. He is acting his heart out. And also, I think I think he kind of looks a bit weird. I don't know if you guys think this, but to me, he looks like a young man that they've made up to look old. (laughs) He looks like they slapped a bald cap on him and put like 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 shadow under his eyes to make him old. Yes. I don't know why. Just it's weird. Uh, but, but can yeah, we anyway, talk about right, be- right before he breaks in? Um, uh, mm-hmm. Like the deputy and and um, um, Bletch. and Bletch are uh, about to fist fight, but it, they start to do this like old timey <laughs> like boxing or like wind up. It's just like all right, you all right. We're gonna we're pushing up. See? see. Yes, and then the dad comes in. Has anyone seen my son Brady? Has anyone here seen my son? Brady, hast thou seen mine goodly son, Sir Brady? I love it so. He's amazing. Once more unto the breach, dear friends. Once more close the wall up with our English dead. Just acting. He is, he is a delight, this oh. guy. I love Why him so much. Why would he so go much. to the bar to look for his son? Has, has my son come in here to procure an ale? <laughs> <laughs> he is a oh I love him so much he gets the monologue of the film later oh, oh it's delightful so uh, then we uh, we cut to uh, Sartak Sheriff Terry O'Quinn um, with a blood covered kite what praying and I thought that was actually really this bit was yeah. really creepy because you yeah. don't see Brady but just yeah. the fact that there's this blood covered kite and you can see this shape like in the bandstand I was like oh that's horrible yeah. Um, yeah. less or just as horrible but in a different way is is dramatic dad's reaction. Oh, <laughs> don't go is it Brady? Don't go Brady, ah, Brady. Uh, 
it's amazing. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's so good. Like, oh, I fucking love it. I've written acting chops in my notes. It's like, a scream like, that's not a scream, but it's oh, totally it's a scream. Great. But it's great. It's amazing. Like, this guy is just like, I, I am going to win something for this portrayal. <laughs> He really is. He's like, I'm bringing all the acting chops. I'm out-acting Gary Busey. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so in the next scene, we're at Paul, Paul Brady's, not really because we hate him, funeral with uh, Reverend Big Ed. Uh, Uncle Red uh, decides to have a little, little drink and then decides, mm, maybe it's, you know, not suitable sitting next to my 11-year-old nephew <laughs> at a funeral. Um, and then my other note is uh, that the organ player has an epic mullet. <laughs> Oh, yes. uh, that's about it for this scene. Also, Big Ed is a very southern minister. <laughs> He's got yeah. a very southern accent in this this one. So then uh, uh, Uncle Red offers to take Marty home. And uh, his parents say yes, even though Red will be driving in a car. And he, you know, has potentially just been drinking. Um, but yeah, sure, drive our, our son home who's already in a wheelchair. Why not? Hey, you know. what's, what's the worst going to happen? He's going to end up in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and Marty tells Uncle Red that he thinks it's a werewolf, <laughs> which I don't understand how we put this together and no one else did because the only thing is that it's like every month because we get this like fakey fake out thing that it's you know it's every month it's every full moon and apparently that's when Uncle Red visits because he visits once a month around yeah. the full moon weirdly um, like, but yeah it, it I don't know a, how Marty worked this out but it's okay. a weird red herring that I think we're supposed to believe that Gary Busey is the werewolf yeah oh, are we? we get a bit so. later well we get a bit later as well when they have the barbecue and he's suddenly like and it, it, you know it's it's nighttime and he's like I have to go and then he kind of like runs off and it's like <laughs> yeah. why did and he, he have to literally go? Like, runs off because he's, because the because he's He's <laughs> got his hand on the bike. <laughs> And let's let's be serious. If somebody told you right now that Gary Busey was a werewolf, <laughs> would you be surprised? Nope, not at all. Nope. No, no, no way. Um, oh, can you imagine? So I think it is that we're meant to those regular teeth. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish we'd seen him in the church scene turning into a werewolf. That would have oh, been great. That would be great. Um, but it's it's weird because like this film is so weirdly edited that I I do agree with you, Brad. I think that was meant mm-hmm. to be a red herring, but they do a really bad job at it. And I don't yeah, know if it's I like in the novelette. Maybe yeah. it's more clear in the novelette. Well, because knows. I think like the whole idea is that like you know uh, they like you know he's he's this reckless guy. You can't trust mm-hmm. him. He he ruins everything. Like we're supposed to see that he's like he's just like this garbage guy but he's got a good heart but I don't but I think we're supposed to realize that over time yeah but I think it's because Gary Busey is so fucking awesome and delightful (laughs) that we're like we're with Gary Busey from the beginning oh straight away as soon as he's in that first scene I'm like you're my favorite character you're like the best thing in this film and I'm completely on your side because everyone else is awful in this movie like if you told me that the the parents were werewolves I'd be like yeah okay yeah 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 exactly um it's it's weird and also you've got like the whole thing about you know the reverend oh he's a man of god and Mm -hmm. he's raising all this money and, I, I would believe Corey Haim was the werewolf before because who'd he go after? He went after uh, Tammy's yeah. shitty father. Yep. Like he yep. went after like he's going after all these like bad people. Like who know? Maybe um, Brady like uh, pissed off his sister. Like who knows? Maybe and when he's a werewolf, he actually has his legs. Like <laughs> oh. I, I could that makes more sense than the idea of Gary Busey being the werewolf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, honestly, it's it's insane. I would be quite interested to read the novelette just to see if yes. they do this fakey fake out, but they do something else later 
narrator, which is ridiculous and like like shows you blatantly who the werewolf is anyway. Which yeah. anyway, so uh, Uncle Red says it's uh, it's not a werewolf; it's just a psycho. Oh, that's okay. Then. Uh, <laughs> at the bar, uh, Andy Blatch is organising private justice. And uh, Sheriff, Satak Sheriff Terry Quinn comes in and is like, no, we can't do this. I'm going to catch him. And Bletch says, you couldn't catch a cold, which is great. <laughs> and then we get Dramatic Dad and his monologue. <laughs> yes. I haven't written it down, but I know it's like, who was Rup? Rup? Yeah. What so did you think, Tammy, of, of the acting uh, job? I love that. I, I, like I said, that dad is like my favorite thing. It's. <laughs> That's so, it's so terrible. Um, and do you know who's in the background of that scene? Just, um, extraing it up like a little asshole? Uh, Stephen fucking King. Right there. <laughs> Is he? Yeah, just making some oh. faces and scratching his, his chin and just looking around. Oh, I didn't even notice. Oh, oh yeah, he's really, he's just really moving, just moving his face all over the place. <laughs> okay, and I, I will like, be in my movie. Because when the dad comes in, we're, like, focused in on this group of guys, and the dad is just, like, on the side by himself, and the camera just pans over, and the dad was creepily standing yes. there. In a suit with <laughs> yeah. a black morning armband. Like it's the 1950s. <laughs> That's why I couldn't really tell when this movie was supposed yeah. to have taken place. Oh, no, you don't so... know when it's set, where it's set. No. It could be any time, any place. Who knows? Oh, it's just oh, it's... kooky. So they all decide to go out and uh, get some uh, private justice while um, <laughs> Sheriff Terry O'Quinn does nothing. Just stands there and is like, oh, this is the sense of community you wanted, Reverend. And uh, the Reverend tries to stop them. He does more than the sheriff did. Yeah. Yeah, because he doesn't want to get killed. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> uh, and I like that they have two great Danes on the uh, the private justice. I was like, oh, they got Scooby-Doo involved. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we have like this long scene of uh, the, um, the posse going through all the ground fog that ever existed. Like, so much ground fog. Yeah. Uh, at one point, uh, one of the guys hears, uh, the mechanic guy hears a fox, I think it is, and he's like, Jesus, that was close. No, it was a fox. Yeah. Like, that wasn't close at all. Um, can we talk about comedy bear trap? What was yeah. up with that? <laughs> what? Yeah, these two guys are walking along, and one of them like steps into a bear trap, and then just played for a gag. Yeah. Yeah, because the uh, mechanic, like, like takes it off of his leg, but then hears something and like lets go, and it like bites his leg again. It's like, what? but it's like really bloody and gruesome. Yeah. I'm like, I don't. Yeah, his like foot this. would be gone. Like, ah, no, absolutely, that's not good. Um, can we talk about the line? You gonna make lemonade in your pants? Uh, what? Yeah, I've uh, never heard that before. Listen, about a line. let's keep cakes and lemonades out of pants. <laughs> Seriously, like what? I, I, I don't know. Uh, and of course, with this little posse, when the werewolf attacks, the black guy dies first. Oh of yeah, course. got to. Yeah. Um, the little uh, gossipy mustachio turns into a bloody mannequin for a moment. Oh, which is, that that is the best thing oh, ever. Oh, it's so good. He like pops under the fog and pops up again as blatantly a mannequin, and <laughs> just like his face is like oh, oh, like this, and then like disappears, and it's delightful. I love it. Um, and the barman hits the werewolf with a bat. 
And then we see the bat go under the fog and then the werewolf's arm lifts up the bat and starts hitting him <laughs> instead. Oh, love it. My favourite thing ever. It's, oh, like, like, this werewolf does not do much werewolfing in this film. No. no. It could be just a guy running around in a bear suit. It could be the guy from the uh, from the three the three bears thing, uh, Brad. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, in Universal, wearing the shoes with the bear. <laughs> uh, the greatest, greatest uh, bear actor of our generation. Then we get the weirdest time jump ever because there's this massacre going on and then all of a sudden it literally jumps to swaying parishioners at the church they're all yep. really really swaying to amazing grace oh. like what, what the hell so weird and uh, they're all swaying and uh, creepy Terry O'Quinn is just kind of staring at the camera and into my soul <laughs> it's upsetting because then it's like well is he the werewolf like what what's going mm. on is that why you're so rubbish? Mm. He is. He's doing really his full-on stepfather stare. Oh. Now, uh, Every McGill looks like he's wearing a wig. <laughs> he really does. Like he looks like he's wearing a lot of makeup in this scene as well. Like he looks like he's got mascara on. Yeah. His face just looks odd in this one scene. Um, this Tammy and Brad, realize- were you surprised that this was a surprise werewolf dream? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I was, but. <laughs> Because I was like, so is the Reverend going crazy because of what's happening? Like, I don't know. I, I just I love no seeing idea. everyone wolf out. Like, it's so oh, good. <laughs> it's you see like Terry a- O'Quinn. If you've ever wanted to see Terry O'Quinn turn into a werewolf, this is your film. Because oh. you see turn into a And you also see a dramatic dad go, he was torn apart, or whatever it was, and then yeah. turn into a werewolf. And these are like, like, all these werewolves look like some Island of Dr. Moreau characters. <laughs> Oh, they really do. Oh, it's great. They're not not werewolves as much as, like, were-mutant creatures. Uh, My favourite bit, of course, is um, we see uh, the organist has turned to a werewolf, a female werewolf, and it's still playing the organ. It's so good. Oh, I love her. (laughs) It's amazing. She is the absolute best. So why did they have this scene in it? Because this shows you that he's the werewolf. Yeah. Because, and also, how does the sister know about this? About him having a dream about werewolves? She's narrating. This is her story. How <laughs> does she know this? Well, she's embellishing. Did he tell her? Did he Did he write back one of her crappy notes that say you should put yourself? He's like, well, the other night I was having a dream and, oh. and all these people turned into werewolves and it was really weird. Anyway, uh, no, I won't. Uh, I'm a werewolf. Woo. When I when I was watching this, though, I really thought they, they would all like start singing Thriller. Like Michael yes. Jackson would come out. <laughs> I think that's what she was playing on that organ. <laughs> Please, someone edit this to have that, because that would be amazing. (laughs) And then she just turns into a werewolf and on the organ goes, There's even someone with a little werewolf baby, I think. Is it like a werewolf baby? Really? What is going on? I'm sorry, it's like taking forever to rewind here now, but Cat was like, uh, when it starts turning, so it's like right after, I think, the organ player. (laughs) I'm sorry, watching everyone change is just so so good. (laughs) And you've got little Eddie Munster there. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I know that Eddie Munster yes. when you mean. Oh, so yeah. Cool. So gross. There's the lady wing the organ, and where's crowd shot? <laughs> yeah, the little, oh, little, little baby. <laughs> There's a little oh, baby. Oh, please yeah. post it in the Facebook group, oh. Brad, please. Oh, yeah. we'll do. I need to see a little werewolf baby. Daffo, we'll do. Aww. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so, in the next scene, um, the family drives to the gala fair. And we see that the fireworks have been cancelled and the town's pretty much deserted. Uh, Marty is not happy that the fire... Oh, God. Can we talk about the fact that the October 1st fireworks are cancelled for the fair? (laughs) 
Uh-huh. New England fall foliage. <laughs> That's all I'm going to yeah. say. Yeah. It seems like a bad idea for there to be fireworks. I I mean, as I said, it's really hard to know when any of the, this film takes place, but, you know, unless they talk about it. But, yeah, kind of weird. Um, but I like that Marty complains that, you know, this, this damn werewolf not only did it kill his best friend, Brady, not only did it drive the love of his life, Tammy, out of town, but it meant that they cancelled the fireworks. Yeah. And why they drove all the way out there to this abandoned fair, like, you're not going to know yeah. that this is Well, apparently the fair was close. still meant to be going on, but they just cancelled the fireworks. They never said they cancelled the fair, but I mean, Except it looked there's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing there. So, I don't know. Um, and he's also pissed off because uh, his sister's showing off her tits. You know, like, yeah. she's the only person who ever had tits before. I was like, don't talk about your sister's tits. This is weird. Yeah, it's awkward. Um... So- yeah, they're just going to have, like, the Gary Busey show up at their house for a barbecue instead. <laughs> of course. Uh, this is also when Gary Busey um, shows Marty his new wheelchair, uh, which isn't a wheelchair so much as a, a freaking Harley Davidson with a little chair on it. Because <laughs> this, this is a full-blown motorbike. This is a hog. Um, this is a motorbike put together by a drunk <laughs> Yep. that that little 11-year-old Corey Haim is going to drive around on. And this is when I put, is Gary Busey actually trying to kill Corey Haim in this film? <laughs> is it, this is also when he does the whole, ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> he's really Buseying it up. He's he's Busey, level 11 Busey in this bit. Yeah. But, like, like, like it is a, this is a motorbike. Like, when they, when they ign- do the ignition, because it's not like you turn it on, you do the ignition on this thing, yeah. It's like the loudest machine ever. Yeah. And I believe solely responsible for the fact that we have an, a hole in the ozone layer now because the amount of exhaust <laughs> coming out of it is like... Corey has killed is so happening? many polar bears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we see a delightful thing as well, which is Uncle Red sneaking around the house because he kind of <laughs> sneaks around the corner. And then the family sees him and he's like, well, hey! And then he like disappears again. <laughs> he's like yeah yeah they're not looking you can uh, you can try out your bike wouldn't they hear him do the ignition on this bike it is so loud you have to hear him you have to mm-hmm. there's no way to not hear this bike yeah and gary Busey makes Corey <laughs> Haim promise that he's not going to let his mum realize how fast this thing goes surely she would realize it is a motorbike it's a motorbike can we also talk about how this is like this badass bike but it has little ribbons off <laughs> of the handles <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> and he goes for a little ride, Corey Haim and his bike. Oh, brilliant. Uh, then their family has a barbecue dinner. Was Gary Busey talking about farting at the start of this or his digestion? Because it was one of the two. And I was like, uh, Gary Busey, no, please don't talk about that. It's terrible. Or something like that. And uh, then he leaves suddenly. Oh, is it because he's mm. a werewolf? No. No, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> not the least. <laughs> but he, gives, he gives little Marty one last present because he loves his little nephew Marty, which is some fireworks. What about his niece? <laughs> nope. Uh, Nobody yeah, cares well, this about is her. Why, this is why she's bitter and I don't blame her. Yeah, nobody likes Janie. Apparently. I'm like seriously. Like, you think he could do like so, like something for her? Like, I don't know. I don't know what he would do because he's gross, Gary Busey. <laughs> but it's like, 
Hey, Jane, you need me to buy your friend some beer? Because <laughs> he's that uncle. He could build her, like, a, like if she's got a bike, like a push bike, he could, you know, do that up or something. Uh... But with this, with this motorbike as well. Like, so obviously inside, Corey Haim uses his little normal wheelchair, but outside he uses this one. So does this mean, like, when he's going to school? Because he rode the other silver bullet to school, so he's going to whiz around the school on a motorbike? <laughs> like, down the corridors? Like, what the hell? It's insane. It's a good oh, question. Also, uh, how much money is he spending on gas a week now? <laughs> so much. Six. Like, there's a gas crisis. And every time, <laughs> the creepy mechanic gives him a creepy little smile at the end, and the audience goes, ooh, mm. Mm, don't like it. Um, so uh, Uncle Red tells him that if he's going to sneak... Oh, also, another thing. So Uncle Red gives him a motorbike to an 11-year-old. <laughs> he's trying to kill him for sure. Yeah, for and sure. He's, and he's also a drunk, so this might not even work. You know, like, who knows? Um, he gives him fireworks yep. to, to an 11-year-old. He then tells him to, you know, sneak out and do these fireworks, but stay close to the house. He's encouraging him to sneak <laughs> out the house after dark when there's a curfew on because there's a serial killer around. <laughs> Yeah. Another He's thing, like, I just, you know, 11 year old with fireworks, okay, fine. Yeah, that's the thing an uncle, yeah, an uncle gives an 11 year old kid fireworks. Yeah. No problem there. Um, But the problem is, you have to put fireworks on the ground, <laughs> usually. Mm-hmm. Not not this 11 year old, he puts them on the bridge. Wow. Oh, I, I thought the bridge was going to burn. Yeah, down. yeah, I'm like, why would he put them on the bridge? It looked like one of them, like, hit the bridge, and I was like, oh, it's going to go up and smoke. Also, why so isn't this the 4th of July? No, it's September now. Apparently, in no, that was October first. Yeah, it's October first. We for the fireworks. Yeah. Oh. So oh. why? I mean, they're having a big cookout. Like, I feel like it's supposed to be the Fourth of July, and they just wanted to make it closer to Halloween so they can yeah. make the end of the movie nearby. I have no idea. Like, time means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like it really doesn't. We don't know when we are. We don't know where we are. Like who knows? Um, but yeah. So Marty sneaks out of his window, um, and obviously he's going to stick close to the house to do the fireworks, uh, which he doesn't because he drives like a mile down the road on his motorbike <laughs> to the middle of nowhere to a random bridge uh, and does I, his fireworks by I, himself. I, I, which I don't is think really enough. Sad. Can, I don't think enough can be said about this kid climbing out his window (laughs) down the trellis into his souped up motorcycle wheelchair. He's living the best life for someone who can't use his legs. Seriously, like, I... He's really getting out there. Why does he have this giant trellis next to his bed? And his bed is also super high. There's only like a little gap between the bed and the window. So his parents must know his window opens all the way. Like, considering how worried all the time his mum is, you would think that she'd be like, oh, he might fall out of the window. Oh, he might roll over in his sleep. Plausible deniability. She's hoping he just dies and they don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, true. And then she's like, now, how can we get rid of Janie? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I love that when he's doing the fireworks at the bridge and it's really sad because he's just by himself and he's doing a firework and he's like clapping and like woo yeah and it's like, <laughs> that's sad, <laughs> that's really sad. his only like, friends oh. are dead are in foster care now yeah <laughs> are an oh. old drunk <laughs> we see the surprise reflection of the werewolf in the water um, and it sneaks up really slowly on Marty because Marty has enough time to get the rocket uh, light it hold it at the werewolf and is like an amazing shot because yep. shoots the rocket right in the werewolf's eye <laughs> which is amazing I mean I know it's not a silver bullet but I still think like it's a rocket to their eye like yeah 
I don't understand how this does no more damage than him getting, like, hit in the eyeball with, like, a pencil or something. I don't know. It's just terrible. I didn't know if a werewolf lost his eye, the human uh, also lost his eye. Yeah, apparently so. Everything else heals. Your skin stretching into a werewolf shape <laughs> is no problem, but you lose an eye? Oh, donezo. Yep. You only yeah, get you're two done of those. for. I mean, that's, that's werewolf science. That is Brad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Marty goes back home and calls Uncle Red in the morning. And I love this scene. Uncle Red <laughs> answers the phone. He's clearly very hungover. Got his trademark wild turkey next to his bed. And is basically just like, ah, leave me alone. And then goes back to sleeping with his lady and yeah, tells her that it was an obscene phone call. Yep. Yeah. And he's wearing a t-shirt that has a shark playing a saxophone on it. <laughs> Which is quite cool. And it was something else on it, but I couldn't see what it was. I, and again, I think because we're supposed to think he's the werewolf, he doesn't want to talk about werewolves. He tells this girl it's an obscene phone call, but it's a joke. But, like, there's no way. There's just no There's no point <laughs> yeah. that this, it's, you would ever even, like, think it might be Gary Busey. No. So this is supposed to be, like, his, his werewolf hangover. Yeah. Like, you know, he's like, oh, I'm feeling so groggy about being a werewolf last night. Oh. Okay. Uh, so Jamie asks Marty if he's all right. And I don't know why this line really made me laugh. Because, I don't know, maybe it's just a bit insensitive. Because she says, you've just been sitting here all morning. <laughs> okay. You know. I, sorry, I, I got know, tired of walking. It shouldn't be, but it made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I'm just resting my legs. I'm sorry. Uh, he tells Jamie uh, the whole story. And she decides to go around collecting cans and boxes and looking for anyone in town with a missing eye. <laughs> And, and we, we get a delightful it. montage. Oh, it's great. I love all these Of people. everybody's eyes. And just like but some everyone of... is so creepy because yeah. Like, yeah. Like, she goes into like a place and is like, oh, hi, everyone. And they all just, all creepy old men and they all just stare at her. Like particularly in the bar, like no one says hi. And when she, the best one is when she takes the towel off the guy's face. Uh, in the yeah. in the and she goes, hey, Mr. Jones or whatever it is. Have you got any bottles? And he just goes, no. And it's like, <laughs> calm down, guy. It's so weird. Like, why would they even let her walk in and unwrap this guy's face, though? Like, I... There's some real David Lynch moments in this. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. And like in the bar, everyone it. just stares at her. No one goes... Oh, what are you doing in here, little girl? They were just well. I guess Brady, Brady's dad was looking for him in the bar, so I guess kids just hang out at that bar. <laughs> I don't. I don't Maybe. know. That'd be hilarious. He just pulls her a pint and is like, "Come on then." Also, what the the hell? Why is Bletch still in town? I feel like after you see a bunch of people killed by werewolves, like, you just get the fuck out. Why is he still alive? Mm. Maybe he's the werewolf. Mm. She did collect a whole shit ton of bottles, though. (laughs) Yeah, she did. Mm -hmm. So she takes him over to the Reverend's house and house slash church, because it's kind of his house and his church. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's the... the least church-looking church I've seen, like from the outside, and she uh, delivers the the bottles and everything, and then uh, we get a close-up of Big Ed with uh, an eye bandage on and very, very dramatic music, as yes. if we're meant to be super surprised. Tammy, did you gasp and go oh, scandal? No, I was concerned that his little eye patch was going to fall off at any moment, though, because no. it did not look oh. properly secured. 
This does make me wish we could go back the, to the eighties and get him to play uh, um, Jesse Custer in Preacher. Oh, I know. This is all I thought of whenever I see like a, a priest wearing an eye patch, which isn't mm-hmm. that often. I know that sounds True. like it's the thing I see all the time. But uh, yeah, priest plus eye patch equals Je- uh, Jesse Custer from Preacher. He oh. would be a really good Jesse Custer. He would be awesome. Yeah, he would look more like the uh, Jesse Custer from the comics than Dominic Cooper does, who's actually playing Jesse Custer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, it'd be great. I can't wait for Preacher. Uh, so then uh, Janie goes into the the sort of garage bit, the shed or whatever it is, to put the bottles in there and finds the broken Peacemaker baseball bat. So you have to wonder how it got there because this means that... The werewolf carried it home. (laughs) The werewolf carried it home in his little paw. (laughs) Running through the streets with a little... Or the reverend carried it home, running through the streets naked apart from a broken baseball bat. No, I like to think it was the werewolf and like he was passing like gated houses Mm -hmm. and just running the baseball bat across (laughs) the fences. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. Terrorizing neighborhoods that way. (laughs) Anyone so, want to come out and play? Really... <laughs> oh, Sweetums Werewolf. Oh. <laughs> so Janie's like super terrified at this and is like, makes it very obvious she knows that he's the werewolf. And obviously the Reverend is like, say hi to your brother, Janie. And it's like, oh, you never want a priest saying that, even if he's not a werewolf. It's like, oh, gross. Um, so then she tells Marty all about this. And I like that she's got a weird poster on her wall. Did you see it? And it was like a ballet shoe yeah. balancing on an egg. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I thought it was a golf ball. I couldn't figure out. I was like, whose room is this? I thought it was an egg. I think it's sense. her room, but... Yeah. Because that makes- would be... Weird if he had it. I it, be I, like, it took me oh. forever to figure out that it was a, um, a ballet shoe. Because um, I was like, what the hell is that poster? <laughs> it's really weird. Looking. That's all you see of it. It's like, what? what she it's also has like some shoe Pegasus on an or egg. something. <laughs> oh, yeah, she does. <laughs> nice. Like, that's like, this is definitely. And I think a this is around the time really in the film sure. where I was like, oh, she kind of reminds me. This actress kind of reminds me a bit of. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, all she needs is unicorns and stuff and whatever. But she reminds me a bit of Karen Gillan. I don't know if you think the same, guys. Just from this point on, kind of just her facial expressions. She's a bit a bit Karen Gillan in Doctor Who. Yeah. I don't know. So uh, she goes, what are we going to do, Marty? And Marty goes, I, I know what to do. Best plan ever. Write the crappiest, like, ransom note type thing <laughs> made out of newspaper that says, I know who you are. I know what you are. Why don't you kill yourself? <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> like calm down that's definitely an egg I'm looking at it now oh yeah uh, yeah there's yeah. it's it's a poster an actual poster yeah Tammy found and the real poster and that's all that's on it yeah that's it what does it say <laughs> at the bottom uh Louisville Ballet oh hmm. mm, okay so Marty's making this little ransom note <laughs> why don't you kill yourself <laughs> sorry it's alright uh, it's a, the um, poster was found on uh, Louisville Ballet for con- it's on Kentucky.com. <laughs> oh, not Maine, not Maine Ballet. Uh, apparently not. Oh, Weird, random. But yes, I love their little uh, idea to even like do this to like terrorize the werewolf. <laughs> why would you terrorize a werewolf? <laughs> yeah, no idea. Why? Why is Janie kind of like looking around herself really shiftily when she puts it in the mailbox, as though someone's <laughs> going to go? I know what's in that letter, and I know what you're doing. She's just putting a letter in a letterbox. I mean, like. Well, because then maybe an assassin will be following her 
Hello. Thwarting her meeting with uh, <laughs> um, uh, Cobra Commander. If she gets a slinky black dress, <laughs> we'll know something is up. <laughs> Definitely. George is going to turn up and be like, bro, I've always had special affection for you. So Eye Patch Ed reads the letter because he's now got an eye patch. He's full on Jesse Custer and uh, he doesn't seem pleased. And then um, we get narration from Janie saying that they kept sending letters for the next two days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then they decided to tell Uncle Red and uh, he uh, didn't react well. And this might be my other favorite line in the film, which is, holy jumped up bald head of Jesus Palomina. <laughs> <laughs> What? So good. Gary Busey, did you just, you know, improvise that line? That's so <laughs> of weird. Of course he did. Of course he did. I love it. Gary, he yeah, also he tells Martin that he thinks his uh, he thinks his common sense got paralyzed along with his legs. I was like, calm down, Gary Busey. That's amazing. <laughs> That's the best <laughs> <Yeah>. line. <laughs> and I like that he tells Janie that she probably hallucinated a broomstick. I was like, what? <laughs> that might be what you're hallucinating right now, Gary Busey, but it doesn't mean that she is. Oh, I love it. Uh, so they all are going to go and uh, check out the Reverend. Um, I haven't got any notes for this next scene, actually. What happens? No, they just kind of sit in the car and... Uh... Oh, they just sit in the car and watch him because yeah. he's, like, yeah. painting the thermometer outside the church or something. I don't know. Uh, and uh, then we get a little sad, little sad montage. Uh, this <laughs> oh, so oh. reminded me of Monkey Shines before I he know. gets injured. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just still sad, Corey Home sitting in his wheelchair, watching all the other boys using their play legs. Yeah, exactly, using their legs. all these people using uh, their oh, legs. Just having the best of time using legs. And he's <laughs> just watching them running. using their legs, and there's the saddest music ever playing, and it's amazing. <laughs> oh, I wish I could use my legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, why does Brad and Claire always want me to watch movies <laughs> where everyone's super happy about using their because <laughs> <laughs> me and Brad are just so happy about using our legs. You know, oh. it's the happiest thing ever. Uh, and in the background, we see the Reverend creeps up in his car, and he now not only has a creepy eye patch, but creepy stubble as well. <laughs> he does. So yeah, it weird. does. So good. He's like, I'm not going to shave because then I look more like a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to chase um, me down a cripple. <laughs> <laughs> and run him off the road. God. Yeah, so he follows Corey Haim home. Corey Haim's driving like this mo- this ridiculous motorcycle down a main road, by the way. This isn't like a little back road. This is like a main, like a highway type road. And the Reverend tries to, to drive him off the road. <laughs> Yes. And off a bridge into the river. This is amazing. <laughs> it's just the best. Like, I, and at one point, like, like he almost has a head-on collision. So someone else saw this going on. Yep. Oh yeah. Didn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> Presumably. Corey Haim running himself into the bridge and like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's where I'm up to as well. Gets his wheel stuck in the bridge, and then the Reverend turns around and is chasing after him. And of course, Silver Bullet won't start. Then it just manages to start. With you know, all luckily. the smoke coming out of the back of Silver Bullet. Yeah, this is this is why there's so much fog in the woods around this area that they died in early. All the fog out of the back of the Silver Bullet. So the Reverend chases him to a abandoned bridge, weird hut thing. I don't know. Narrowly avoiding running into a truck, like Tammy said, that's carrying some bales of hay or something like that. 
And uh, and then when they get to the bridge, the gas is empty in Silver Bullet. Uh, oh no, what's he going to do? And I put, Corey Heng does a good scared cry because he's kind of, you know, crying and like... <laughs> we we go the, to the uh, Thomas Kincaid tunnel. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like a, you see the outside <laughs> shot they needed really to get of this tunnel. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's insane. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then the Reverend gets out of his car and approaches approaches little Marty. And he's so, so he polite just creepy. kill him? Like, he was just planning on killing him. Yeah, Not so as really. a wolf, but, like, as a yeah. human, he's just gonna kill Marty. Because he pretty much says, I can't kill myself because, you know, suicide is the greatest sin. You know, killing loads of other people isn't. And he said, you know, that's why he killed Stella, the pregnant girl, because he killed her so she would avoid suicide. And then he has an amazing line, which is, You see, you meddling little shit! <laughs> like, all the way to... Oh, it's great. I love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, like um, he's he's not he's not really a full person, so maybe it doesn't count as a full murder. Oh, he's a half person. True. He's just one of those filthy half people, you know. Mm. You know, should all be electrocuted. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna so, finish uh, what got started. <laughs> It's so creepy though when he's walking up to the bridge and you can just see his legs and his hands. Oh yeah. He's seen this weird creepy walk and it's like Ugh. So Marty starts screaming for Mr. Zimmerman who's the other side of the bridge and you can kind of see him and Mr. Zimmerman wanders over and is like spooky here in it and it's like all right Mr. Zimmerman are you not worried about why this kid in a wheelchair is on a broken bridge that's condemned and is crying? And also it's not has it's not a motorcycle. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Seriously. So uh, the Reverend's creeped away again and gone. And then uh, Uncle Red, Janie and Marty all talk. Uh, they say that there's been no complaints to the sheriff about the letters, which means that the Reverend must be guilty. And then Uncle Red finds blue paint scraped ac- along the side of Silver Bullet. And they realize that the Reverend has a blue car. Also Ooh. in the scene, uh, Janie is dressed just <laughs> like garbage. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you want to describe it? Ah, oh, she's got like this. I don't. I. I can't. I can't. It's like these magenta shorts. Yep. <laughs> and like this, like checkered top. Are they shorts? Like a plaid top. Trousers. Yeah. Uh, but at least it has the magenta in the top too, right? True. So at least it matches. Yeah, but the shorts are—they're so weird. Like they're weird. They're high. Like they're little. Oh, they're super I'm really high. It they're wasn't super more high. Under silver bullet than just this little dent. Yeah. Oh, they're really high. Yeah, they're, they're under our armpits, pretty much. <laughs> they're like but there's only this little shorts. teeny tiny bit of damage done to silver bullet. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the way that Gary Busey does play this bit because he's kind of like, this is when he's kind of like, okay, now I'm taking this kid seriously, sort of. You know, it's kind of like, ugh. But I like the way that Janie's like, you know, he says, what colour is the reverence car? And she's like, blue. This blue. (laughs) (laughs) It's so dramatic. I love it. So then Uncle Red goes and tells uh, Sad Sack Sheriff Terry O'Quinn to... Oh, he hasn't got the moustache. For some reason, I always think Terry O'Quinn has a moustache. No, no, no. He uh, tells him to go and check out uh, the Reverend. So the, Terry O'Quinn decides to do that right in the middle of the night. Why? <laughs> Who knows? He sneaks into his garage and sees red paint along the Reverend's car, which means that the story is true. And then we find out that the Reverend has been hiding behind a load of cardboard boxes, presumably, while Terry <laughs> Quinn's been walking around. Because <laughs> he just pops up out of nowhere. Yes, you do. I mean, I spend most of my free time hiding behind cardboard boxes. <laughs> it's very just in scary. Case. <laughs> just in case Terry O'Quinn appears. Yeah. yeah. Surprise him. I'm going to get him one of these so days. This, this is when we see the werewolf transformation. He oh. turns into the wolf. Uh... 
but decides not to kill Terry O'Quinn as a wolf, uh, or you know, with his wolfy powers, but instead with a baseball bat again. Because yep. why not? So good. I love it. I, I didn't understand why he uses the bat. I, I was just like, what? Why? Hey, it's a, it's the peacemaker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, before he turns into the wolf, I see why he used the bat because he was in human form. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. But then he just continues to hold it while he's in wolf form. He loves that bat. You know how dogs love sticks. Oh. Ah. Mm-hmm. Loves that bat. Loves it. So in the next scene... Um, <laughs> I'm the, sorry, him turning uh, into that wolf Martin. is so ridiculous. <laughs> so goofy. It's brilliant. I love it. He kind of goes cross-eyed, even though he only has one eye. But yeah. at first, he's kind of like... Rrr, rrr, rrr. <laughs> I love it. Um, so they discuss uh, the sheriff's death, and Marty and Jamie give their necklaces to Uncle Red to turn into a silver bullet. And they say that the Reverend will wait until the full moon, the next full moon, uh, when he's full wolf or he's all wolfed up or whatever, I don't know, and will come after Marty then. Makes so sense. Red goes to a gunsmith and makes up a story about Marty being really into the Lone Ranger. <laughs> and the gunsmith's like, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> and he's like, you want a silver bullet to uh, kill a werewolf? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, uh, dude, then why haven't you killed this werewolf already? Yeah, why haven't you been... Why you know so much about it? Ready? Yeah. yeah. I thought, I thought it would be a situation like... where it's like he walks in and he's like, oh, listen, can you possibly... My nephew's in, he's a Lone <laughs> Ranger. He's like, oh, wait, wait. You looking to kill a werewolf? Here. Yeah, exactly. Keep your silver. Take three of these. <laughs> yeah, it's on the house. Exactly. Why has he got them ready made? I think it might have been Janie's voiceover or something that said, we're not taking any chances. And I'm like, with one silver bullet, you're yeah. not going to take any yeah. chances by having one. You're taking all the chances you're, by only having one You're trusting bullet. Gary Busey's aim with a gun. <laughs> oh, yeah. you taking some chances. <laughs> with one bullet. Yeah. I love as well when he leaves them in the car, he goes, stay, like they're both dogs. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and also, what's with the gunsmith afterwards? He made the, after he made the bullet going going on about how it's the nicest piece of work he's ever done. <laughs> like, this one bullet, you didn't make the mold for it, you know, specifically for the silver bullet. You just poured silver in a, a bullet thing and put it in a shell. Okay, then you the probably... rest of your work sucks. <clears throat> well, we don't see is after that the bill. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, oh, yeah this is my best bullet I've ever made. By the way, that's gonna cost you. <laughs> it's gonna be three hundred thousand uh, dollars. So then we're at the full moon on. Halloween and Uncle Red is in charge because he's like told the parents that he's like won this trip to Through New York or somewhere. Yeah, I. Uh, this is the movie I want to see. <laughs> I want to see because clearly they don't come back later that night. So yeah. that means they probably flew to New York and yeah. then they go try yeah. to check into the hotel. And then what happens? Yep. Yeah, they're like, but also he gives them this thing and they just head straight off to New York. Like, okay, we're going by. Like, okay. It, it's very strange. Also, kids. Janie in this scene I've written is wearing a season one Willow Rosenberg jumper. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. It's something Willow would wear in season one of Buffy. Like, absolutely. Um, so this is where Uncle Red compares him and the mum to Marty and Janie, which is kind of weird because, like, Marty and Janie are always arguing and Red and the mum are still arguing. So I don't, well, I don't understand. Also, the mum's a huge anyway. bitch. <laughs> like- <laughs> exactly. If I was Janie, I'd be like, well, thanks. And then I'd say, if I was Marty, I'd be like, so I'm going to grow up to be Gary Busey. Brilliant. Like, hey, Uncle Red, listen, I know, uh, I know, uh, you know, you two guys are pretty close and all, but like, stop calling me a bitch. Also, where are my gifts? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you make me anything? I have tits, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Marty knows. Oh. <laughs> He's noticed. Oh. <laughs> I don't like this. So it's almost 3 a.m. They've all fallen asleep in front of the TV. The national anthem's playing. Uncle Red has fallen asleep with like a cigarette or something in his lap and it burns. And then he like, dr- so he drops the gun and they're like, oh, you could have used that one bullet that we have. Yeah, make more bullets. Yeah. yeah so like, like, it's really dumb. But then we couldn't get so, the big dramatic ending, so... <laughs> Exactly. So all of a sudden he decides that I don't believe in this anymore. So go to bed. I'll sit here all night. I'm beginning to feel like a horse's ass or something like that. He's Oh no, he says that in a minute. So he sends him to bed and then we suddenly see a little werewolf pop up at the window. <laughs> yes. Oh, and what's that werewolf? Is he going then... to jump through the room and, uh, and uh, bite everyone? Nope. Not so much. <laughs> uh, first things first. Uh, Jamie let's... screams, but the best scream, the best scream reaction is Uncle Red's. His, his reaction is amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's kind of like, oh, it's great. I love it. And then the werewolf does what werewolves do. He uh, <laughs> kills the electricity. <laughs> yep. hmm. It goes super dark because it's, it's scary. Um, the the uh, That's when uh, Uncle Red takes the bullet out of the gun. Why? I don't know. Oh, yeah. And he says, I'm beginning to feel like a horse's ass. Horse's ass. And then the werewolf, like, jumps in, I think, and picks up Uncle Red and throws him into a wall. <laughs> yeah, Uncle and Red gets And this is all Gary Busey around. doing his own stunts. This is Gary Busey doing his own stunts. Gary Busey getting thrown across a room is amazing. It's pretty great, yeah. So the bullet and the gun get knocked out of his hand. Jane grabs the gun, and then Marty reaches, like, the bullet goes down this little, like, air vent thing. Marty's reaching for it. Gary Busey's being thrown all over the place. He's being thrown through... <laughs> Like, he's wrestling with a werewolf. This is why I want to see Uncle Red Werewolf Hunter. Well, the... But how does it he would not be turn into a werewolf? Like I swear he's got he got scratched by this werewolf. I don't. Yeah, but they say like when they're talking about the Reverend becoming a werewolf, they say, "Well, maybe he doesn't even know how he became yeah, a werewolf." And it was like, so did he just wake up one day and go, "Huh, I'm a werewolf." <laughs> also, this werewolf like, it's so weird. The werewolf in this scene looks like such garbage. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a bear. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't even look like a wolf. It's uh, yeah, it's terrible. It's clearly someone in a suit. It, it's amazing. Oh, you can so see the seam. Martin like, you manages can see. to get the bullet, puts it in the gun, manages to line up the chamber, and Marty really needs to be like in the Olympics for like markmanship. Because he can <laughs> shoot a firework into a werewolf's eye, and he can shoot one bullet, one bullet straight into a werewolf's eye as well. Like he is the best shot ever. That's it's terrible. And then like when they have the make like when he's turning back into a person and like mm-hmm. his face is all white, but then you've got the werewolf body yes. still. Yeah. Uh, the transformation <laughs> back's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, that's the maybe yeah, the best I really like it. in the whole movie. Yeah, it's better than the transformation into the werewolf oh, yes. he did earlier. <laughs> and um Gary Busey, of course, reacts with, holy, jumped up Jesus Palomino again. Yep. Uh, so Reverend changes uh, changes back into a human. He's got the little weird white face and werewolf body. <laughs> Very strange. Um, and both of his eyes have been blown out of their sockets. And then just for a minute, he comes back to life again. He's like, I'm going to get you. Oh, yeah, no, it's I'm like, dead. <laughs> and then out. <laughs> Yep. So and great. then dead, dead seas again. Um, so then they all sit there and go, oh, phew, oh, that was crazy. And uh, Marty makes a little joke about not being able to walk. <laughs> and like... everyone laughs. It's okay. <laughs> Fuck you, and then Marty. He says, <laughs> <laughs> and 
then he says, I love you, Janie. And she says, I love you too. And then we get the weird ending, which is, I couldn't say it before, but I can say it now. I love you too, uh, too Marty. Good night. What, what yeah, the hell? I, yeah, Are I don't saying this know. To him? That... Was she saying this to him as a bedtime story when he's yeah. older? It's so weird. Yeah. Was she saying it because he died? Was she saying good night to her grandchildren? She was telling, I'm so no confused. Clue. And then the film ends. Yeah. And also I have to ask, how do they explain this to the parents when they get back? Why there is a, <laughs> an eyeless, dead, naked reverend in their living room. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, and that was Silver Bullet, guys. Silver Bullet. Then we get some little sad music over the uh, the end credits. Because it's just, it's just a, a film about brothers and sisters and family, guys, you know? Yeah, just about loving one another. Yeah, being able to say, I love you. Hey, guys. Hey, Tummy, Brad, I love you. Aww. Oh, yeah. And we didn't even need a werewolf for you to say that. I can't, I can't <laughs> say it now. I'm not, I'm not ready. But maybe after we all fight a werewolf together. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll be able to say, I love you too. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, shall we? Shall we do? Uh, <laughs> do you guys want to do um, best dressed, worst dressed? Uh, the many worst dressed that werewolf at the end. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, Janie had some pretty horrific oh, outfits. She's, she's, so I don't know if it's those high waisted shorts or Gary Busey's outfit at the beginning. Oh yeah, Busey's Busey's. Oh. Yeah, his outfit at the beginning was pretty terrible. He's pretty bad. Yeah. Mm. Who would be best dressed though? That's. <laughs> Do we have to have a best dress? Oh, what about God. Gary Busey's shark playing a saxophone T-shirt? <laughs> oh. No, it's like his bed clothes though. Mm. They probably smell quite bad. Oh. And even his Hawaiian print shirt, his pants are like way high. Yeah. <laughs> he just wears. Yeah. Him and Janie have the same taste in clothing. Um. What about a uh, little Marty in his Letterman jacket? Uh, I guess that. I mean, it's fine. Mm. I don't know what he lettered in to get a Letterman's jacket, but... <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, so, shall we rate the film? Sure. <laughs> Tammy, as you were named after the character in Silver Bullet, <laughs> the character Tammy, obviously... Uh, With the worst father, first. yes. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was... Uh, it had a lot of... Stephen King esque ness, but not over the top like some of his other mm-hmm. movies. Like it actually was a little, a little held back, which I liked. Unlike Stephen King in the movie, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> <It was> not. <laughs> I can't believe he snuck in the movie. Oh, he's, um, he's a real Jordy uh, Verrill. Huh? <laughs> but the fact that the werewolf is a werewolf, but he's not, but he does werewolfy things, but not really. Uh, I love it. Um, it was a lot of fun. There were a lot of laughs to be had. I'll give it. Eight and a half out of ten uh, overacting fathers. Amazing. Brad? Um, yeah, this is a delightful movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just the best. I mean, everything about it. It's so goofy and ridiculous. And Gary Busey is a fucking awesome. He's a delight. Uh, like, making that crazy wheelchair. Like, all the terrible, like, all the terrible, terrible things he does. Giving this kid, like, <laughs> fireworks and, like, encouraging this kid to sneak out of the house. <laughs> oh, he's, he's he's the he's the best like cool uncle ever. Um, like just, apart from Uncle Boudreaux. Oh, apart from Uncle Boudreaux. Um, <laughs> 
and we, Uncle Nefarious. Can we just really put those guys in a, in a movie together? Just now. Let's do it now. <laughs> but we still can. Um, and what about what about Uncle Deadly from The Muppets, Brad? Oh, yeah. He could be in two. <laughs> he could be in two. Um, but yeah, it's delightful. I, yeah, I'll go. I'll, yeah, I, um, I agree. 8.5 out of 10 uh, organ playing werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> Dramatic organ playing werewolves. Um, I'm going to give it 8.5 out of 10 as well because that's what I had written down. Because I love this film. It is bonkers. It has some bits where you're actually like, oh, that's really actually quite creepy. It has dramatic dad acting. It has sad sack sheriff Terry O'Quinn. It has it has Bletch in it now, which blows my mind. <laughs> it has sneaky Stephen King cameo. It has fucking Gary Busey, who is just a delight and makes this film and is clearly trying to kill Corey Haim in this film. Oh yeah, um, because yeah, he's just he's just trying to kill this kid. Basically, that's what's trying to happen. Um, so I'll give it eight point five out of ten. Sneaky little werewolf babies. <laughs> Nice, nice. Uh, just to go, like, I'm just reading Wikipedia on it, and there's like, mm-hmm. I guess the werewolf originally was supposed to be um, a modern dancer was supposed to be in the werewolf doing all the stunts, mm-hmm. but they were so unhappy with it they just had Everett McGill. So anytime we see the wolf, it's Everett McGill in oh, the wolf wow. costume. <laughs> nice. That makes it even better. That's amazing. <laughs> so he is listed in the credits as the werewolf. Yeah. So there oh, you go. I That's why, because he was. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Just my favorite. That's him running around with a baseball bat. Yeah, so pretty good. Pretty good stuff. That's amazing. I love it. And he's a tall dude as well, so. Yeah. And I watched him the other day in The People Under the Stairs nice. with future Twin Peaks wife, uh, Nadine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so in, which is also a delightful film. Yes. Apparently, in the book, um, all the murders happen on like uh, different holidays. Oh, that's kind of. Oh, neat. you know what that's like, don't you guys? That's a bit like uh, the Carousel of Progress. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we're drinking root beer now. Yes. <laughs> oh dear, I want to read the novel out. I really do, just to see what it's like. But I'm sure I, I read somewhere that in the in it he doesn't have the <laughs> motorized wheelchair. Which I don't know, like when he's doing when he's like like you know whizzing away from the the reverend in his car it wouldn't be as dramatic if he's just like like doing the wheels so who knows but yeah that was silver bullet anything to add guys so i mean how can i add anything more to this film (laughs) what would uh sweetums werewolf think of this movie sweetums werewolf (laughs) yeah didn't sweetums play the werewolf that is correct i I was on bill My theatrical name is Everett McGill. <laughs> nice. Go. Alright, bye. 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 All of our episodes are available to download or stream at our website, introtox.com, or via iTunes and Downcast. You can email us at mail at introtox.com. Please put the episode title in the subject line and keep voice messages under two minutes or else. Join our spoiler free Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash introtox. You can find me on Twitter at Tammy Yip or at yippodcast.com. I'll watch that movie.com and dvmpe.com search for Walking Dead Podcast. I'm on Twitter at B-R-A-D-C-U-P-P-L-E-S and on the Ramjack Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at MayaFire and on Etsy.com at MayaFireprint.
My son was torn to pieces. You come in here and talk to these men about private justice. You dare to do that. Why don't you go out to Harmony Hill, Sheriff Heller, and dig up what's left of my boy Brady and explain to him about private justice? Would you want to do that? Uh. Ha <laughs> ha!